You're listening to the Power and Excellence podcast with Dr. John. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Power and Excellence podcast with me, Dr. John. And today is our one millionth episode. No, that's a lie. But we are giving away a gold bar to each and every listener of today's podcast. Okay, that's a lie as well. But we are coming to you live from the International Space Station. Okay, that's a lie as well. But it does give you an insight into what today's podcast is all about. It's all about lying. And that's the truth. And the truth is that we are all liars. We lie a lot from little white fibs to great big fat whoppers. We might ask if somebody's fine and they say, yes, I am fine. We've got no way of knowing if that's the truth. And we tell people, yeah, I'm fine when we're not. Yeah, I'll call you. We have no intention of calling. No, you don't look fat in those jeans. We are all liars. And we lie for a multitude of reasons. Sometimes we lie to save face, to avoid admitting something that we'd rather not admit. Sometimes we lie to avoid hurting other people's feelings or to impress other people. Sometimes we lie to shirk responsibility. We lie to hide things that we've done that we shouldn't have done, or things that we should have done that we haven't. Lying is a social lubricant. It oils the wheels of life. We lie to prevent conflict, to get out of work, and for so many, many more reasons. And you know what? We lie a lot. According to Dr. Bella de Paula, a psychologist at the University of Virginia, lying is simply a condition of life. It's just something that we do. And she found that men and women both lie in approximately a fifth of our social exchanges that last more than 10 minutes. Wow. Imagine that. For every five conversations, every interaction that you have that lasts more than 10 minutes, you're likely to lie in at least one of them. And over the course of a week, we deceive about a third of the people with whom we have one-to-one interactions. A third. Wow. But women lie as much as men, although women tell different lies. Women are more likely to tell altruistic lies. They're more likely to lie to avoid hurting other people's feelings. Men are more likely to lie about themselves. In fact, De Paula found that men lie more often to impress. And a typical conversation between two males contains about eight times as many self-oriented lies as it does lies about other people. Well, that tells you something, right? Now, because I know we all lie, and that includes you, I can pose the following question without fear of contradiction or argument. You know when you tell a lie you feel a little bit anxious, you feel a little bit stressful, you don't feel comfortable. Well, that's not just because your conscience is kicking in, trying to tell you, hey, you shouldn't be lying to this person, you shouldn't be deceiving this person. It's actually because your brain is a lot more active when you're lying than it is when you're telling the truth. When you tell the truth, your brain is really quite peaceful because our limbic system isn't stressed about lying and our frontal lobe isn't trying to inhibit the truth. There are three key parts of the brain that really light up when we tell a lie. The first part is the frontal lobe of the neocortex. This is the part of the brain that has the ability to suppress truth. And 
due to its intellectual role in our brain, it is very capable of dishonesty. And it really lights up when we tell a lie. The second part of the brain that becomes involved is the limbic, the limbic system due to our high anxiety of telling a lie, the anxiety and the discomfort that comes with deception. This is the part of the brain that can also sense when we are being lied to. So we can feel stressed and anxious when we feel that we're being lied to in the same way that we feel guilty and stressed when we're the one doing the lying. And the third part of the brain that really gets involved in all of this is the temporal lobe. And because that's the part of the brain that is responsible for retrieving memories and creating mental imagery. So when we tell a lie, we're fabricating something, we're making something up, we're imagining it, we're painting this picture in our brain. We're trying, simultaneously while we're talking, we're trying to develop this image and paint this image in our mind so that we have something to refer to in this lie if we have to go back to it. Now, in all of this, and all of this is going on, and so too the anterior cingulate cortex gets involved because this is the part of the brain that monitors errors. And we recognize when we're telling a lie that this is a mistake, that this is not true. This didn't really happen, or it did happen if we're lying about it and saying that it didn't. We know that we're making a mistake. And so the anterior cingulate cortex gets involved because it's saying to us, hang on a wee minute, this is a mistake. And in all of this, the dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex gets involved because all the while, whilst everything else is going on, that's the part of the brain that's trying to control our behavior. So, oh my goodness, our brain is incredibly busy. It's very, very active when we're telling a lie. Take away all of that activity when we're telling the truth and you can see just how peaceful and simple our brain feels when we're being honest with ourselves and with the people around us. Now you'd think that with all that effort, with all the hard work and all the brain activity that goes into lying, you'd think that we would just say, you know what, it's too much hard work, it's too much hassle, I'm just not going to do it. Mm -mm -mm. We lie and we lie a lot. Now, perhaps unsurprisingly, the place where we lie the most is at work, or more specifically, we lie to get out of work. In a 2020 survey of 1,000 people, 96% of people confessed to lying to get out of work. Wow, that's nearly everybody. I'd love to know what that last 4%. Who were the 4% of angels and saints who never lied to get out of work? 84% of those people uh, said that they felt sick. Well, that's not surprising. I mean, my goodness. I've always maintained never go out for dinner on a Sunday night. And if you do, never have the seafood because so many people call in on a Monday morning saying, hey, I had some dodgy seafood last night, not feeling up to it. And it's always on a Sunday, it's always on a Monday morning. So feeling sick was the most common uh, lie told, family emergencies, doctor's appointments, and lying about a family member's death. How morbid is that? In fact, each person on average used seven different excuses to get out of work on different occasions. But a quarter of those people who lied said they regretted it. Um, and yet, nonetheless, 40%, four out of 10 people said that they would lie again. Some people did regret it, but they still said that they would lie again. So even though we know that it's wrong, and even though we feel guilty about it, our conscience does kick in. For some reason, there is 
a, a secondary benefit, a secondary payoff. We think it's worth being dishonest. It's worth all that brain activity. And it's worth deceiving myself and deceiving other people. We seem to lie less as we get older, though. About 56% of people who are 24 or younger uh, confessed to or owned up to big lies and big excuses at work, whereas only 27%, so about half of people when they reached 50s and early 60s, also lied. So the question is, are we all just pathological liars? I mean, is there a way out of this? Why do we feel the need? Why do we feel so compelled to making up stories instead of just telling the truth? Is it so bad to say to our boss on a Monday morning, hey, look, you know, I went out and had a few too many drinks last night. I'm a little bit hungover. I'm going to be late. I promise I'll make it up later in the day. But hey, that's the truth. Is that so bad? Is lying to avoid work maybe a cultural problem? Is it that maybe we see this as being just a norm? It's everybody does it. And what about the people that don't experience regret when they lie? Some people experience regret and still said they would lie, but a lot of people said, hey, no, I don't feel guilty at all. The power of excellence, principles of excellence that we use, one of those is that everybody is doing the very best that they can with the resources that they have. And if lying is the best that we can do, if lying seems to us to be the best option, then I think it's worth investigating why people feel the need to lie. Let's look at how safe people feel. If somebody is telling a lie, then the lie is simply the bridge between what actually happened and what they wish happened, or the lie between what, or the bridge between what is, is real and what they want their boss or their co-workers to think. And sometimes it's just a little lie. Sometimes it's, yeah, I've, I've put that in the post or I've done that already when I've maybe got 5 or 6% of it left to do. But sometimes it's a big lie. Yes, I've almost finished that when maybe I haven't even started it. Or, yes, we're on target with that when I know full well that we're absolutely nowhere close and we don't have a, a snowball's chance of even making it. So why do people lie? Well, let's think about how safe people feel, how comfortable people feel. If you are in a position of leadership, how safe and how comfortable do your teams feel telling you the truth? And if you are a subordinate to somebody, how comfortable do you feel telling your boss the truth? Because the answer to this will tell you an awful lot about your culture in your workplace. If you don't feel comfortable sharing the truth with each other, that tells you that you have a dysfunctional organization. You have a dysfunctional relationship with the truth. Now, the problem with that is that until everybody is working with the same information, you can't move forward. If you're a line manager, how can you help your team? How can you help your, your subordinates? How can you help your employees if you don't know the truth? And if they are unwilling to tell you the truth, that means that they don't feel safe and they don't feel valued. Because if they did, if they felt that it was okay to tell you the truth and that they were going to be supported and they were going to be valued, they would have no problem doing it. 
the very fact that they deceive you, the very fact that they go into all of this effort in their brain, using up all of that mental capacity and energy to create a lie, that tells you that they would much rather go through that than tell you the truth and face the consequences. And the same is true if you're on the other side of that. If you're the person who doesn't want to share the truth with your boss, then the same is true for you. It simply means that the secondary payoff of avoiding that conflict, of avoiding whatever discussion will take place once your boss knows the truth, whatever their reaction will be, as far as you're concerned, is so negative that it's much more worthwhile to go to all of that effort, that mental anguish, that stress and anxiety. It's much more worth it for you to go through all of that than to tell them the truth. And of course, all of this means that at some point, we're going to have to make up that deficit. At some point in this equation, we are going to have to find a way to make that bridge real, or we're going to have to keep perpetuating that lie. And we're going to have to go into greater detail and make much more of an effort to try and somehow cover up this lie and to convince people that we never lied in the first place. And that is exhausting. Now, not only is it exhausting, but it is unhealthy. It is completely dysfunctional. So how do we get around this? What do we do? Well, the very first thing that we have to do in this is make our workplace, make those discussions safe. We talk a lot in, in the programs at Power and Excellence about feeling safe and feeling comfortable and not being wrong. Look, if somebody has made a mistake, if somebody has not done something, it just means that they've, they've made a mistake. Nobody sets out to make a mistake. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, today I'm going to mess up. If somebody has done that, then it is what it is. We can't undo it. What we can do is work with them and collaborate together to make sure that we overcome that and we rectify the situation. Yes, yelling at people, bawling at people, you know, cussing people out, making them feel small, all of that. It feels great. It might feel great in the moment and it might massage your ego and you feel great about yourself. Look at me, aren't I wonderful? But let me tell you, it is not a pathway forward. And doing that is a momentary feeling of, of joy and comfort, but afterwards, mm, not so much. And the reason the afterwards feeling is not great is because you know in your heart of hearts, you know deep down that you have done nothing to move the situation forward. Making that person feel wrong, humiliating that person either privately or in public, and let's face it, we've, we've all felt it in public, some of us have even done it in public. Doing that might make you feel good momentarily, but it does nothing for that person. It makes them feel horrible. It makes them feel anxious. And it perpetuates this cycle of lying. If you humiliate somebody either privately or publicly, how likely do you think they are to come back and share with you in future a time when they have messed up, a time when they have made a mistake. No, they won't. They will go through all of that effort of lying again because for them it's worth it, because it's worth avoiding that public humiliation or being told off. So the very first thing that we have to do if we want to avoid workplace lies, if we want our teams to be honest with us, is to create a safe environment where it's okay 
to make a mistake. Now, mistakes come in many shapes and forms, and some of them are small and some of them are big, but we all make them, and we've all done them, and we've all made really whopping mistakes, and we've made some smaller mistakes. Switching off the wrong light, for example, is maybe a, a smaller mistake, but doing something that costs the company billions of dollars, betting on the wrong business, uh, hedging on the wrong trade, for example, those are things that might cost companies a huge amount of money, but it's still a mistake. So how do we move forward from that? We move forward by using that as an example, showing people what we did and what we did wrong, and learning from it collectively to see how we can move on and make sure that we don't make the same mistake again. Because making mistakes is normal, it's okay, but the key is to not make too many, and also to learn from them and to learn quickly. The speed with which we move on from a mistake is absolutely critical. Dwelling on it, having a huge investigation into who did what and who said what, yeah, it might feel great, but it does absolutely nothing to move the business forward. I have lost count of the number of times where I have sat with an organization, and when we find out that something has gone wrong, the very first step that is suggested is to investigate who did what, when they did it, and how they did it, and how are we going to punish them. Well, in fact, the key role of most executives should be to say, right, okay, we can do that as well, but right now our highest priority has to be to rectify the situation. And in order to rectify the situation, we have to find out what actually happened. And to, in order to find out what actually happened, people have to be honest with us. And they will only be honest with us if they feel safe. So whilst we've talked a lot about lying, and we know that we are all liars and we tell a lot of lies, in order to minimize that, in order to try and make sure that our workplaces are not as dysfunctional as they might otherwise be, our critical path has to be down a route of making people feel safe, making people feel comfortable, making people understand and recognize that making a mistake is okay. And if you make a mistake, we can all learn from it because none of us wants to make that mistake again. So, my message to you today in this little podcast is that, hey, you know what? Lying is normal. It is something that we all do, but it's not something that we have to accept in the workplace. In the workplace, it can be avoided. It is avoidable. And let's face it, the same is true in just about any relationship. If your partner, if your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend or your partner is lying to you, then the reason they're lying to you is because they feel that the outcome of that lie is better than the outcome of telling you the truth. So, my friends, stay well, stay safe, and make sure that you build those safe environments in which people can be honest with you. Until next time, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Power and Excellence with Dr. John. I know I got the bag, but won't let me. 